السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته ما شاء الله بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين My beloved brothers, my sisters in this beautiful city I think it's a city of Sultan Kudurat, right? Mashallah, it's my first time here, but guess what? It's not my last time, inshallah. I'm so happy to be here with you and to share with you a few beautiful words in order to empower, in order to empower us, in order to be able to navigate through the hardship and the difficulties of life, as well as talk about the ease and the successes that we have within our lives and the fact that they should not be a distraction for us. So, how many of you have had some form of problems or difficulties in your lives? Put up your hands. Mashallah, that's almost everyone. Some people have put up two hands. Did you see that? It means you have had so many problems. Okay, when you have had a problem, an issue that you're dealing with, what did you do? What did you do? Pray. Some said pray. What did you do? Say it louder. Some are saying pray. Some are saying fast. Fast, huh? Okay. In a nutshell, can you see that the hardship and the difficulty has made us turn to Allah? It has made us come closer to our maker. It has made us realize that the one who has the solution to our problems is Allah. So when something negative happens to you and it actually brought you closer to your prayer to your fasting to your duties unto Allah was it really negative or was it positive it was positive okay so let's ask Allah to give us more and more problems is that okay no it's not okay it's not okay in reality, we ask Allah Almighty to take our problems away. And we ask Allah to alleviate the suffering of all those who are struggling across the globe. We say that every time we pray. Oh Allah, take the suffering away from all those who are suffering across the globe. So Allah Almighty grants us. What does He give us? He knows what is right for us. Because ultimately, I am on earth, you are on earth. Have you asked yourself, why are you here? How can life be fair if it is so short and it is meaningless? And when I die, if I were not going anywhere and it was just the end of everything, how is it fair? How is it fair if there is nothing that I should anticipate and look forward to? So many people, they cheat other people and they get away with it. They commit harm, murder. For example, they might commit some form of crime against another person and they get away with it on earth but do they get away with it with Allah no they won't 
They won't get away with it with Allah. But if there was no hereafter, it would become boring. I want to see a day where those who have wronged me need to face justice. The truth, because sometimes we might go to a court on earth. I might not be able to prove my point because I'm not eloquent enough or I might not have had the required evidence sometimes. I might not be able to prove it so they might not convict a criminal and he might get away with it. But Allah knows I want to see a day when that justice is served by Allah. No one can cheat him. No one can hide from him. So we are waiting for that day. Don't you agree? Okay, so the hardships and the difficulties that come in our lives, if they have brought us closer to Allah, they were always a blessing. They were actually positive, even though we should actively try to solve the problem. Why I say that? It does not mean that if your problem brings you closer to Allah, you should ask for more problems. That's not true. You should not ask for more problems. Your problems brought you closer to Allah. You should thank him that it was not worse than what it actually was. That's a believer. Whenever you have hardship, you must look at how bad it could have been, but it was not. For example, you failed one examination, one subject out of 10. Thank Allah. Oh Allah, I thank you. I only failed one. But if you are going to become depressed because you failed one, there are others who failed five and six, right? So look at the positives. You did not do well in something. It does not mean it was a bad thing. Perhaps Allah wants you to achieve something greater. Maybe he wants you to repeat a subject or maybe he does not want you to follow the field that you believe you want to follow. Maybe. So you can try again. You can repeat it, but don't become depressed about it. Don't become depressed. It could have been worse. A brother made an accident with his motor vehicle. The motor vehicle was written off. And he was very sad. You know, Sheikh, my car is written off. What will I do? It is so bad. I said, my brother, are you okay? Are you okay? He said, I'm fine. I came out without a scratch. Scratchless. It was a miracle. I said, so why are you concentrating on the loss of the vehicle when you are not looking at the fact that Allah saved you unscathed? You came out of that. You had no scratch. You came out of it. Yeah, but you know, it was a very big loss. I said, look, there was an accident of another brother smaller than yours. There was loss of life. Nothing will bring that back. Agreed. At least here. You lost a car, but you didn't lose your life. You can buy another car in a few years time. It might be inconvenience. It's okay. Wallahi, my brothers, my sisters, I want to give you an example. We sometimes lose faith when something negative happens in our lives and we are praying and praying and praying and praying and it does not change. Sometimes we lose faith. We begin to think of things that are not supposed to be done. Let me try and go to someone who might who might solve this problem for me. Wallahi, if it is someone making dua for you, supplicating, it's okay. But the minute you go to someone and you are trying to do something superstitious, is it okay? No. You want to do magic, is it okay? No. 
You want to temper in a haram way. It's not okay. You don't do haram things to achieve something. You continue to pray. But some people begin to lose hope. They say, where is Allah in all the suffering that is happening? Where is the maker? Where is God Almighty? Everyone is struggling and suffering. But my brothers, my sisters, I tell you, it is through those struggles that we find Allah. Many people whom, if life is easy for them, they have no problem. Sometimes, they tend to forget Allah. You find a certain brother, he says himself, I did not used to pray. I have money, I have power, I have everything, I have superb life. And so, I did not used to pray. He says, one day, I felt a pain in my stomach. And I thought perhaps it might be something, you know, maybe a little bit of gastric or whatever it might be, something I ate. He says, the next day, the pain was still there. I decided, let me go to the doctor. He went to the top doctors. The doctor had all the checks and they diagnosed him with what? With cancer. May Allah grant cure to those who are suffering with cancer. Say, Amin. And the doctor told him, you know, you don't have much to live because there is no guarantee. This is aggressive and it's very bad. He says, I told that doctor, who do you think you are? How can you decide that I have very little to live? Are you God Almighty? Suddenly he's talking about God Almighty, but all these years he says that I didn't even think of God Almighty because I had everything. Are you God Almighty? The doctor says, hey, 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 let's not go there. I'm only giving you what the results are of your own, the tests and so on. And I'm telling you from my experience that this is what it is. He says, when I left and I came home and I shared it with my family and I realized what exactly happened. He said, for the first time in my life, I washed myself and I stood on the sajada. You know what's a sajada? A prayer mat. I stood on the prayer mat and I faced Qibla and I said, let me offer two units of prayer and change my life. So he offered two units of prayer and he said, I cried in sujood, oh Allah, cure me, oh Allah, cure me, oh Allah, cure me. You are the only one who can cure because medicine has already given up. But he says, my life turned around within three days. I was so healthy and suddenly the third day when the results were out, it was a total end of everything in my eyes. My money meant nothing any longer. I was no longer happy to see my cars and my houses and my businesses and how much they were bringing back every day just because my stomach was paining. That's all. Just because my stomach was paining. And so what happened? He says, I cried in sujood, begging Allah to change this condition and to make it such that the next test he has will be cancer free. Oh Allah, you are the giver and the creator of miracles. Create for me a miracle, cure me and so on. He says, I, after the two units of prayer, I cried, I made, I made tawbah, meaning he repented to Allah. I led a life, I forgot you and here you are. I am begging from you and you alone, O oh Allah. He says he fulfilled the salah in the evening 
Early morning, he was in the masjid looking for who? The Imam, the Sheikh. Oh, this Sheikh, he was the same guy who they used to treat very roughly. You know, sometimes they treat very roughly. The sheikhs, they are not paid sometimes in the sense that they are not looked after. When, we, when they are delayed by two minutes in salah, they will complain, hey, next time don't read too long. I don't know if it happens in SK, but I think it happens in other places. By the way, brother Wail, SK stands for Sultan Kudurat. Mashallah. Am I right? Do you call it SK? Mashallah, there it goes, you see. I didn't know, I just guessed. Because in the Philippines, they love to put abbreviations. <laughs> so, he's looking for the Imam. He says, after Salah, I greeted the Imam. He, was, he had a big smile and I was looking very sad. And then he says, I heard some guys, some guys say, I heard some guys say in the background, Look who is in the masjid today. You understand what that means? Look who is here today. Meaning they are surprised, they are shocked. One guy said, look who lost his way today. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Which means we don't expect this rich, wealthy, powerful guy to be in the masjid. We don't expect him today. Maybe he lost. He's lost. That's why he's here. Now, obviously, I want to correct that because it is wrong to say that to someone who comes to the masjid. No matter what, even if they have never been there, it's wrong. It's wrong. You need to encourage them. You need to bring them through and say, mashallah, welcome them. It's the house of Allah. So what happened? He says, I was so embarrassed, but he says, I was shivering. I said, Imam, I need to talk to you privately. I need to talk to you privately. And so the Imam says, no problem, my brother, come forth. And as he sat, and as he sat with the Imam, telling him that in the last three days, my life has changed. I have one result, and this is the sickness that I have. The Imam says, my brother, don't worry. Allah is a shafi. Allah is the cure. You need to drink zamzam. You need to have hope in Allah. You need to start with black seed. You need to have ajwa. You need to, you know what these things are, right? You need to have pure honey. You need to do this. You need to have an alkaline diet. You need to, whatever the Imam was saying, he said a lot of things. So the brother says that the Imam said one thing that woke me up. He says, brother, there is one of two things that can happen to you. Either Allah gives you cure, so you live for a few more years before you will still go back to Allah anyway. Because those without cancer have also died. Right? And he says, or if Allah did not cure you in the worldly sense, he will cure you in the heavenly sense. Because if you die as a result of the sickness now, thank Allah he gave you the chance to turn to him before you died. Allahu Akbar. If you die suddenly, so many people, they die suddenly. They did not have an opportunity to repent. They did not have a chance to turn back to Allah. They did not have a chance to say, I'm sorry for what I did. They did not change their lives. They led a life, for example, far away from their maker. They are now going back to their maker. Is that better or is it better to have an opportunity to change and to turn? So when Allah has given you a diagnosis, of a disease that is considered terminal by worldly standards, remember, it is a gift of Allah. 
He's giving you a chance. Are you going to turn to me? Because you know what? It's enough. It's enough to lead your life. What are you going to achieve? What are you going to get? Every day you are committing a sin, the same sin repeated again. Every day you are doing bad things. You don't ever read the Quran. You have never prayed. You don't ever do the right thing. You are out doing the wrong things, whether it is intoxication, whether it is whatever else it may be, the gambling, the losing of money, the abusing of people. You've been doing wrong things all along. I want you to change your life. Here is a beautiful opportunity. I want you to be diagnosed a disease that medicine is going to give up and tell you we cannot cure you so that you can turn to Allah because he is the curer. He says at that juncture, when I listened to this imam, my life changed permanently and I said, oh Allah, even if you cure me, I'm not going to change to go back to my bad ways. I will remain steadfast, even if you cure me. Because sometimes, what happens to us? The Quran says that when man is in trouble, he calls out to Allah. And when Allah alleviates the trouble and the struggle, he forgets Allah as though he never ever called out to Allah before. Oh Allah, help me to pass my exam. Oh Allah, help me to pass my exam. I have an examination this evening or tomorrow or th this coming week. Oh Allah, I have examination tomorrow. Help me, grant me the, 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 the ease, make me pass. Oh Allah, what did you do? You made your Fajr, you made your Dhuhr, you made your Asr, you made your Maghrib, you made your Isha, you read your Quran, you did your Dhikr only because of one silly examination. As soon as you got your result and you have all A's, what did you do? You had a party where there is alcohol, where there is dancing and, and enjoyment to the degree that everything is free. And you know what? Everyone was just forgetting Allah. You forgot to say, oh Allah, I thank you for answering my dua. I promise you I will be steadfast. You see the difference? I tell people on the day of Eid, you know Ramadan is a month, right? What do we do in Ramadan? We fast and we give charity and we do taraweeh, so many things. Ramadan is a month where we do ibadah, but I tell you, shaitan, on the day of Eid, what does he make us do? You have a party, what party is there? Whatever we did not do in Ramadan, we do it all on the day of Eid. You meet with your girlfriend, your boyfriend, you'd go and say, oh, one month I didn't touch you, come, come, come. Astaghfirullah. It's a reality. It's as though you want to do qada for the sins. Qada is only for farad, not for sins. Allah kept you away. The day of Eid is not a whistle being blown to say, okay, it's over. You can start doing what you want once again. No. The same Allah in Ramadan is the same Allah outside of Ramadan. So learn to be a person who understands the gift of Allah and why is Allah telling you to discipline yourself so that you lead a happy life. Ask those who have lost themselves in intoxicants, those who lost themselves in the clubs and the pubs, those who have lost themselves in sin. Ask them, what did you gain? They'll tell you nothing. I'm depressed, I'm sad, I cannot sleep, I cannot eat properly, I have no friends, I lost my family, I lost my wife and children, or my husband and children, I lost my siblings and everyone, and I'm living a lonely life, I'm depressed and suicidal. Sometimes, do you know why? Because you forgot Allah. The only thing you need therapy is 
just come back to Allah slowly but surely. Discipline, be hard on yourself. The beauty, the beauty you will have is amazing. So the man says, I turned to Allah and my condition began to become worse gradually. The chemotherapy was not helping. The medication and whatever they were doing was not helping. But I kept saying, oh Allah, I know that you will grant me cure. Meanwhile, the Imam said one of two good things can happen to you. One of two good things. Either you will be cured in this world, so you live a few more days or years, and you will still die and go back to Allah. Or what will happen is Allah will take you away after having given you the opportunity to ask him for forgiveness. My brothers, my sisters, ask Allah for forgiveness here and now. Oh Allah, forgive my shortcomings. I am a human. I have done certain things in my life. Things I know, things I don't know. Oh Allah, forgive us. Say Amen. Oh Allah, forgive us for that which we did, which we know. Forgive us for that which we did, which we did not know. Forgive us for the major sin. Forgive us for the minor sin and make us strong. Say Amen. Amen. Say it sincerely, my brothers, my sisters, because Allah does not require an occasion for you to turn to Him. Allah does not require that you wait for Ramadan, that you wait for Friday, that you wait for something to do a good deed. Do it here and now. And when you say, oh Allah, forgive me, I regret what I did, I want to change myself, I am struggling with something, you know what it is, oh Allah, help me, make me powerful, make me strong to overcome it, help me, forgive me, you know, I, I love you so much, you are my maker, my creator, help me to please you, oh Allah, to do that which will please you, and be pleased with me, oh Allah, Amen. Once you say that, Allah only gives you positive replies, no negative reply. Allah will tell you, my slave, you are forgiven. Your status is elevated. You start a new leaf. Allah's love for you is more than your love for Allah. Because Allah's love is beyond imagination. So if you say, I love Allah, Allah says, I love you more. If you go to Allah in whatever speed or pace, Allah comes to you at a higher pace, faster pace. So remember, don't lose hope in the mercy of Allah. Build your faith. Build your conviction in Allah. What is the worst thing that can happen to this man? He was told the worst thing that can happen could actually be the best thing that is happening. If he loses his life and he is already in his 60s, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, passed on at what age? 63 today if someone passes at 63 what will we say they are very young they are still teenage you know right because when someone is 63 and they say how old do i look you have to say you look 50 not a day older than 45 they'll say mashallah you are my friend jazakallah khair i'm so happy right because you lied to them to make them feel good guess what Guess what? They are your friend. They are happy because they want to feel that. You know what? You need to know your age, whatever it is. Thank Allah. Thank Allah and understand how old you are. If this man is already in his 60s, there are people better than him who left in their 60s. Subhanallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
if he takes you away and he tells you, I love you enough to have given you an opportunity to come to me before you died, you need to say, oh Allah, I thank you for that opportunity. You know, when you and I, we are human beings, we plan sometimes, we plan to do some things and we know this is not right, it's not supposed to happen. Different people, different levels. Some people major sin, some people minor sin. May Allah protect us all, but I'm giving you a real life example. You plan to do something wrong, you know it's wrong. Allah Almighty is waiting. Because if you do not do it, after you plan to do it, guess what? He gives you a reward. He says, this person has one reward. Why? Because they plan to do something wrong and they did not do it. Because they did not do it, I give them a reward. They left it for my sake. You see, it's a hadith. The Prophet says, whoever intends to do something that is wrong, sinful, and they don't do it, they get a reward. They get a reward. And whoever plans to do something sinful and they do it, they get a sin, one sin equivalent to that, what they did. But guess what? The hadith says the angels pause for a moment to wait to see does this person turn back to Allah and seek forgiveness or not. So it's not yet written. You did a bad deed. It's not written immediately. The angels are waiting. How long? The exact time is not known. But it's either six hours or a period of time. If you don't turn within that time, then it's written against you as one sin. And if you say, oh Allah, forgive me, even after that, it is erased. What's the difference? The difference is, if you made tawbah or you repented immediately after the sin, that sin is non-existent in your files. And if you waited for a while and you repented later on, that sin is wiped out after it was already in your file. We ask Allah to help us to turn to Him as soon as we have to turn to Him. You did something wrong, just turn in me. Oh Allah, forgive me, I'm weak, I did something wrong. Admit it, don't be too proud to say, no, maybe it was okay, you know, I was stuck. No, 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 it was wrong. Just say, I'm wrong and admit it and say, oh Allah, forgive me. Allah says, I have forgiven you instantly. Sometimes you plan to do something wrong, Allah creates a barrier. Something happens to stop you, to block you. Someone finds out and you cannot execute what you plan. Is that not a blessing of Allah? Thank Allah. He sent someone to stop you. You planned that, okay, I'm going to go and do this, this, this. But someone came to your house at exactly that moment. Or your, your motorbike or your motor vehicle developed a puncture. While you are going to commit a sin, where was the puncture from? It cannot be from shaitan. Shaitan was waiting there, but you had a puncture, you could not go. You see? So thank Allah for these type of things. Don't become upset and angry. Understand, what is it that Allah wants from you? If you turn to Allah, trust me, you develop such a beautiful relationship with your maker. You know that he knows you better than anyone else. Allah knows you by name. 
Allah knows you personally. Allah knows you better than you know yourself. Allah knows what you have done and He has forgiven you. Allah knows where you are standing and what's bubbling in your heart right now and He understands it. Allah knows the challenges you are facing. Allah knows how difficult life is. Allah knows how hard it is to earn. Allah knows how hard it is to put a plate of food in front of your, your family. Allah knows what is going on, the challenges, whatever you may face. Allah knows everything. And He is letting it be in order for you to earn a reward by being patient. Thanking Him, turning to Him, getting closer to Him by everything that He has given you. Whatever condition it is, use it to get closer to Allah and talk to Him. Because ultimately, you have to go back to Allah. Where did you come from? You came from Allah, so where are you going? I'm going back to Allah. Last night, I, we were speaking to a young man who was trying to get answers to some crucial questions. And talking about doubting Allah, I said, where were you one year before you were born? Where were you? Do you remember? No. I want to ask you another question. One month before you were born, where were you? Can you say it? Please say it. One month before you were born, where were you? I know you are big men, but tell me, where were you? In your mother's? In your mother's? Womb. One month before you were born, where were you? In your mother's? Womb. But do you remember that? Anyone remember? Please put up your hand and come and let us know. Thanks. Anyone remember? But wallahi, you were there. Don't you believe you were there? Why? Because people told you, they showed you, they showed you, hey, look at the scan when you were, you were kicking a lot, your mom will say, right? You were kicking so much. Do you remember? No, you don't. So why do you believe it? You believe it because people told you about it. Right? What about before that? Where were you? Well, you were part in your mom and part in your dad in the form of eggs perhaps and so on. Agreed? Do you remember? Not at all. But were you there or not? Yes, you were. Subhanallah. Allah speaks about it in Surah Al-Dahr that man doesn't realize he was created from a droplet. Subhanallah. But you were there. You don't remember. But people told you, science told you, anyone else told you, then you were quick to believe. Allah already told it to you. And Allah says, do you know where you are right now? You will cross another membrane into the hereafter. That is going to be amazing and mind-boggling. Let me tell you why. When you were little in the womb of your mother and you were swimming around the entire womb, guess what was happening? You were excited, there was warmth, there was protection, there was food, there were nutrients, you were growing, you were happy, you were so superbly unique. Everything was cool and calm for you. No matter what happened to your mother, you were okay and you kept on gaining weight. You were happy. As you gained more and more weight, what happened? The space became less. Agreed? When space became so less and now you can't even move, what happened? You probably thought, you know what? It's the end. It's finished. It's over. It's done. What's going to happen to you? I don't know. Where are you going to go? No idea. 
it's finished. I'm sure people who never believe in the hereafter never even believe that there was life outside the womb, right? They never believe there is life outside the womb. But little did you know there is a thin membrane between you as a fetus and the real world out there which is totally different. What is there? There is a thin membrane between you and that real world. And when you thought it's all over, suddenly you came out into the real world. You were born and you were crying, subhanallah. You were crying because it was overwhelming. Something amazing happened. What happened? I came out into something I never imagined existed. Imagine, I'm outside my mother for the first time and I'm looking at this mother whom I was in her womb, subhanallah. Unique, it's amazing. Allah kept it such that none of us, there is no exception, not one of us can remember the day we were born. If you can, I told you we will give you a medal, come and stand here and let us know. You don't remember, but you believe it because you were told. That's what it is. I am equally convinced that between me and the hereafter, there is also a thin membrane. The minute I cross it, I will be, oh, wow. Subhanallah. We won't be crying, we will be smiling, we are believers, we developed a relationship with the one we are going to return to, with Allah. We tried hard, we sought forgiveness, we, we went to Him, we, we prayed to Him, we did whatever we had to. When we go through that one membrane, it is challenging because there is anxiety of the unknown, but my faith will take me across. It's not going to be a tough day for the believers. You believed in your Lord, in the Maker. You believed in Allah. Then don't worry, that will be a beautiful day by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You cross that membrane and you go into a beautiful hereafter. You will be so, so, so impressed. You will only remember small pockets of things about the earth. That too, only what Allah wants you to remember. Because you don't remember anything from the womb. What gives you a guarantee you're going to remember everything from the earth when you go the other side? You will only remember what Allah wants you to remember. When people say, the common one, the common one, a married woman will say, if I am going to get the same husband in paradise, forget about it. I don't need to go there. But you don't realize when you see him, whoa, it might be, that's the guy I want. Oh, that was your husband on earth anyway. Right? It could be. Allah will provide you. Leave it to Him. I tell you something very powerful. Rather than worrying about what you are going to get there, you rather worry about getting there. It's very interesting because what shaitan does, he comes to us and he makes us worry about what you are going to get there. Is my cat going to come with me? I tell you what, your cat going to come with you or not going to come with you. Maybe your cat will be sitting there and you won't be there. Why? Because you didn't even worry about, get, if I'm, my cat is not going to be there, I'm not going to, but you don't pray, you don't fast, you don't give charity to the poor, you are abusing people, you are committing sin, and you are worried about your cat. Worry about yourself. Imagine if the cat could speak and say, will she be there? <laughs> If I were to give you the true answer about whether your cat is there or not, you might, you might be depressed. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. 
So in order to alleviate all of that in terms of struggle, just concentrate on getting there. Build your relation with Allah. Build a relationship. In the morning you get up, talk to Allah through your dhikr, remembrance of Allah, subhanallah, all praise is due to you, O oh Allah, you gave me a beautiful day, read the dua, the supplication for getting up in the morning, alhamdulillahilladhi ahyana ba'dama amatana, wa ilayhi an-nushur, you know it, read the dua, thank Allah, get up and pray, and you have a beautiful relation, O oh Allah, you know I'm a human, I try my best, I made some mistakes, forgive me for that, make me strong to do my duty unto you, and you know what, wherever there is a sin that I am planning to commit, create a barrier between me and that sin. So when Allah creates the barrier between you and the sin, it's a gift of Allah. Two and a half months later, the brother passed away. Two and a half months later, the brother passed away. They say when he passed away, his janazah was attended by hundreds of people. The whole community came. And he had almost a smile on his face. And everyone knew his story. Tell me something. Did he have a good death or a bad death, inshallah? Was it good or bad? It was a good death. Why? Because Allah gave him an opportunity to turn before he passed on. I want to tell you something. Do you have to wait for a sickness before you're going to turn to Allah? That's the question. We heard of a story of a brother who changed his life because of a sickness. And he passed away two and a half months later. As wealthy as he was, as powerful as he was, whatever he had, he left everything behind. Everything. And he went. Are you going to wait? You think I'm healthy, I'm okay. You want to wait until something happens before you turn to Allah? Don't do that. It's foolish. Turn today, now, to Allah. This is the moment. This is the time. People have come to you from across the globe. Not to talk about themselves. To talk about Allah to you. To talk about your maker. To talk about reviving what you are supposed to be reviving. Your connection with your maker, with the, the word of your maker, the Quran, powerful message of Allah. Revelation is such that when you dive into it, you will swim all the way in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't lose hope. Be strict on your own self. So these are the gifts of Allah upon us. When we look at it from the correct eye, the eye of a believer, your big problems become small because you know this thing drew me closer to Allah. What's the worst thing that can happen to me? The worst thing is I'll return to Allah in the next day or two or five or whenever else it may be. It's worse according to people on earth. But if Allah gives you paradise as a result, it is good even if you die today. If you were told how many of you are ready to die today, if you were guaranteed paradise, the answer should be we're all ready. But what's going to happen to my wife? Well, the same things that happen to other people's wives. Right? It's going to carry on happening. What's going to happen to my business? It will keep on happening. What will happen to my children? They will happen, mashallah. They might grow up to be more obedient than you, to be better people than you, inshallah. My brothers, my sisters, let's take this life seriously. Let's take our connection with Allah Almighty seriously and let's understand. If we don't build ourselves and our connection with Allah Almighty, it is us who stand to lose.
Never have you had a person who has built a good relation with Allah Almighty and regretted it. No one. Not one. You try and ask those who are very close to Allah, do you ever regret reading Quran? Do you ever regret your salah? Do you ever regret your fasting, your ibadah? Do you ever regret? They'll say, no, I don't regret it. If they were truthful, they don't regret it. If they were true in, the, in what they did, they cannot regret. It will bring them closer and closer to Allah. So my brothers, my sisters, these opportunities are rare. The opportunities to gather in order to listen to what Allah Almighty has decreed and dictated. Do you know a gathering like this? There is the presence of angels and the angels are praying for us because we have gathered in order to remember Allah. And it's blessed when we leave from here, remember a few things. Change one thing in your life at least, one. If you have changed one thing in your life, when you leave here, this was a successful event. But if you go outside and someone says, how was the event? Oh, it was very nice. We were all there, powerful, beautiful. We heard the speeches. They were so beautiful. What did they say? Uh, yeah, it was very good. It was nice, very beautiful, strong speech. But what did they say? It was so strong. You should have been there. And my brother, you don't even know what they said. You can't even remember what they said. Don't do that. Remember, we were told, let's turn to Allah without waiting for a chance when we are pushed to that. Sometimes we might not get that. And sometimes, even if an opportunity comes, who knows? You may not turn. Those who wait for a, you know, I, I want to change my life, but I'm young. I want to change my life, but I'm young. A lot of people say that. I'm still young. I'm only 25. How many people have left at 24, 23, 20? How many have gone? Your own friends are gone. How can you say that? I'm young. We are not too young to obey Allah. Worship Him. Try. Give up your bad habits. Can I suggest one bad habit to give up? Can I suggest one bad habit to give up? Brothers, can I suggest one bad habit to give up? Will you take me seriously? Are you sure? Smoking. Are you prepared to give up smoking? You see, the yes is not coming from there. You see? Is smoking a good habit or a bad habit? This side said bad. I don't know what this side said. Is it a good habit or a bad habit? Wallahi, it's a bad habit. To say the least, I don't want to go into the argument of whatever. Say the least, it's a bad habit. Can you not give it up for your own health's sake? And for the sake of Allah, for the sake of preserving your beautiful body, for the sake of empowering yourselves and others with that which is healthy and correct to do, will we try our best to quit smoking? Come on, guys. Will you try your best? Subhanallah. I think uh, Sultan Qudurat needs a little bit of a push. Huh? May Allah help us to quit not just smoking, but all other bad habits. You know the bad habits you have. I know, you know, whatever the bad habits. Some people quietly, quietly, they do wrong things. When they close the door, they lock, they pick out their phones and they want to start searching for certain things they are not supposed to be searching for. Right? Am I right or wrong? 
Is that a bad habit? Bad habit. Will we quit it? May Allah help us to quit all our bad habits. Each one has their own unique thing. I'm standing in front of you. I am a human being just like you are. I also have my faults. I also work on my faults. That is why I'm inviting you to say, come to this beautiful path. Let's work on our faults one by one. And with this, we will make a beautiful life of our own and we will build the future of our children in a beautiful, clean way. And Allah will be pleased with us. And ultimately, we will achieve Jannatul Firdaus. I ask Allah Almighty to gather us in Jannah. Say Amin. And I ask Allah Almighty to give us the opportunity to sit with Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And I ask Allah to grant us the opportunity to be among, among the highest levels in paradise through His mercy. Keep trying and Allah will definitely grant you what you are asking Him for. Aqulu qawli hadha wa sallallahu wa sallam ala nabina Muhammad wa sallamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Hello, Santa.